All right, welcome in to a special edition of R.J. Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. I'm A.J. Hoffman, joined as always by Griffin Warner. Hello, Griffin. Hey, A.J., how's it going? It's great, man. This is the day we've been waiting for. It's Selection Sunday. The brackets have been announced. I was telling you before this, I was... Before we were doing this pod, I was waiting for Circa to, to or Circa or Bet Online, either one, to release numbers because there were but like some of the East Coast books released numbers first, which I don't have access to. So it was like, okay, w- keep refreshing, keep refreshing. Wait till there's a site that I can use, like either a local book or an offshore, to get something down on these. And there was a couple games that they were real stubborn on; they didn't want to put, or when once they put up, the number was not what the East coast offerings were. Uh, and then it, it's just been a, uh, it, it's, so that's been a frustration. And then I was telling you right before we started, I'm before we started, I'm looking at the bracket laid out in bracket form for the first time right now. And it's a uh, five 30 Pacific time. So it's been, I don't know, an hour and a half or so, or two hours since the or hour and a half, I guess, since the bracket was released. Uh, what are, I guess, what's your initial thoughts? And I, and that's what, you know what, I won't ask that because that's what this pod is going to be. Your initial thoughts, my initial thoughts on how this bracket came together, uh, what, who surprised you, like from a seating standpoint, whose paths are easy, whose paths are difficult. And, uh, who do you think is in trouble of an upset? So with those parameters in mind, we'll still give you a best bet at the end of the day. Don't worry. Uh, and I believe we've got a promo code we can give you too. So you should have that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll take care of you, but let's start in the South region. And we went into this week. The, the questions were about one seeds, who was going to be the number one overall seed. And it seemed like it was Alabama, Kansas, and Houston in that mix. And who was going to be the fourth one seed. And it seemed like Purdue and UCLA were in that mix. So, those two decisions got made rather easily with Houston uh, losing on Sunday and Kansas losing yesterday. And then with UCLA losing last night. So Purdue became a four. I guess it was more of a question of was Texas going to be a one seed over, or over Purdue? Uh, it felt like pushing Kansas down to the three seed overall was one of those moments that we've talked about with the committee where they don't really care what happens on Sunday. It's already kind of determined like they, Oh, we, well, we didn't think Houston was going to lose, but we've already determined that Houston's ahead of Kansas on the seating line. So Kansas doesn't get to play in, in, you know, in Kansas or in Missouri, I guess, whereas, which is what the hope was basically a home game. And now uh, that'll be Texas or excuse me, that'll be uh Houston and Kansas coming out here to Las Vegas. Do you you kind of agree that that decision was made on Saturday? I mean, I I feel like this is one of the worst jobs and that's saying something for a selection committee. Um really my beef is with the teams that got into the tournament that are in the first four uh the West Coast bias, I mean, usually people are expecting the West Coast to get screwed and not get anybody. And I feel like they way more than overcompensated um, for a lot of the bids that were given out. Um, specific to your Midwest regional comment, I mean, as I think most know, I'm a, a Texas alum, but I generally have a pessimistic view of the program. I think most would, would understand. 
Um, and I thought it was very surprising for Kansas to get a one seed over Texas at this point with losing two out of the last three, not really looking very competitive yesterday. Certainly there are injuries on both sides, really, and a coach missing. But um, I, I just feel like those uh, decisions were puzzling. A lot of the bids that were given were puzzling. Nevada being in this tournament just is like out of, I can't believe out it. of this world. But I mean, I like for smaller teams to get in and things like that. I was kind of hoping that Florida Atlantic would lose their conference tournament and then have to get in at large. But fortunately for the committee, that didn't happen. Um, That's one of the things that happened this year. There was no bids stolen. There was no like nobody won a conference that had an at large that was already going. And like it, it, there were no stolen bids in conference tournaments. Which, I mean, I think is a good thing. I, I feel like Penn State, who almost got it done uh, for the pod, I swear, uh, was not my best bet. But I was very, very interested in Penn State. I kind of soured on the idea that they'd make such a run. But I don't think they were in the tournament until they like until this week. I mean, you could argue they were, but I doubt it. And I mean, when you sack an Illinois, then a Northwestern, who I think is very overrated, and then also uh, an Indiana win three in a row. And then almost if, if one shot goes in against Purdue today, um, that I think is another thing is that I just am very concerned about Purdue and their guard play. I think that was a concern coming into the season as a one seed. I feel like they're not going to have a tough first round game because 16 is almost a guarantee for all these teams. But it gets ugly after that with the Memphis Florida Atlantic winner. Well, based on what we saw Purdue handling the uh, handling the press, if they run into Memphis in round two, I, I think they go home. They're they're not they don't see the second weekend because that's been an issue for them all year, and it like it let Penn State nearly win that tournament. Like they that, that game was over. It was over. Yeah, and then they started to press, and Purdue just can't handle anything. It's very odd to me that a team that's got that much talent is unable to do simple things like, I don't know, throw out of a double team and with any kind of regularity or consistency, especially when you've got like a giant monster standing around that just throw it up to him. Let him go get it. It's, uh, honestly, it, it's not anything new. Like this is a knock on Matt Painter for a long time. It seems like he's really made Purdue into big man university, which is great, but um, it's a huge problem because guards really win these games unless you're just so dominant, which Zach Eady is. But at the same time, I mean, there's going to be a time where he runs into foul trouble or there's just like a, a center or some sort of plan that works against him. And they, you basically have to force the rest of Purdue to beat you. And I think there's a, a limited ability for them to do that. Felt like a few weeks ago, you could kind of like there were really strong number one seeds. It felt like there was going to be at least three really good number ones. Now, I don't know if there's any. And I mean, Houston, Sasser sitting today is certainly a concern. Um, you know, I, I don't know what they if this was if today against Memphis was any indication of what they look like without him. They're in real trouble. Uh, defensively, they were awful today like they gave up more points in the first half against memphis than they did in the full game of any other uh american tournament game so their defense was bad the offense was bad all of the offense kicked it up a little bit in the second half but so i think you can punch holes in them pretty easily uh we just mentioned purdue kansas is kind of limping into this thing you know mcculler's injury is is certainly a question mark and then Alabama of all the one seeds, they Alabama certainly played the best ball this over you know over the last week. Like in the SEC tournament, they looked incredible. But the two three weeks before that, it was like, oh my god, is this team even the same team? Like, are they hanging around? All the Brandon Miller news seemed like they were throwing them off. 
maybe they've righted the ship. So Alabama's, if I had to trust one, I guess it is Alabama. Uh, but I don't know if there's any of these one seeds that have like an ironclad case to make it to the final four, which is is kind of unusual. I'm actually kind of into it because I feel like there was a crazy tournament last year with the 15 seed St. Peter's going as far as it did. Got Shaheen Holloway a job he probably didn't deserve. But um, I, I do think that this is a year where there's a lot of, I think, stronger teams uh, behind the one line. And I, it's almost like whoever's playing the best basketball right now and, and riding that momentum. Yeah, you got a few days off prepping for this first round, but um, it's really hard to get everything turned on, the light turned on again. I mean, we saw with Baylor last year getting a kind of undeserved one seed and then flaming out of the tournament and losing second round in a blowout to, to eight-seeded UNC who went to the title game, which, I mean, UNC came out of nowhere. We're an average team at best sure. to even make the tournament this year. So I feel like there's a lot of, uh, I mean, that's what's great about this tournament. It's a lot about the bracket. Unfortunately, when you have a committee that's misseeding teams, that causes problems, but it also makes... Um, people who study it a lot, like you and I, that have been doing a podcast for God knows how many months now, um, to be able to pick out some some roads that might be a little bit easier than others. All right, so let's go through region by region, and I kind of want to hear from you a team that that jumps out to you. I mean, you don't have to give away your full bracket, but a team that either you think isn't supposed to win a couple games that you think will, or a team that is lined up really nicely, like a favorite that's going to be lined up lined up nicely on their path. So let's start in Alabama's region and the South. And is there a team there that that stands out to you that has a particularly uh, smooth path or a particularly rough path if they're one of the higher seeds? Oh, man. I mean, I feel like looking at Arizona um, with a big momentum building win against UCLA on Saturday, um, I think that's going to be a nice start for them with Princeton and then going through uh, Missouri, Utah State, um, very weak defensive areas, I think, of those two teams. Um, both that want to go and try to outscore you, which I think is just going to be too hard to do against an Arizona team. Um, I feel like that looks nice on the other side. I feel like Baylor's got a really tough draw with UC Santa Barbara um, in a, a really good team that you, I know, follow probably way closer than I do, but just a great team that's been there for a long time that just seemingly hasn't been able to get over the hump. I feel like it's always Irvine in this tournament, but Baylor's got to get that one. I'm actually going to be at that regional in Denver uh, next week. And so that's going to be fun. Definitely rooting against Baylor. I don't really enjoy Baylor overall, um, but <laughs> I think they're kind of slumping. And, and I mean, you saw it with two straight losses to Iowa State. I mean, we all saw it, I guess. But um, you you felt it a little bit more, I think, int- intimately that uh, with, with a Baylor bet, I think, two Saturdays ago. And it's yeah. just like, I don't know really what the story is. Keontae George, I mean, seems seemingly came back from injury and, and nothing has gone right since that happened. Now they get through that game and then probably get through a Creighton team, which I know you've been really high on, or NC State, who I started drinking the Kool-Aid last week. And then I think they ran into a, a, a Clemson buzzsaw that they can't beat, yet somehow got in this tournament when Clemson swept them and won three games against them this year. I mean, just banana land with some of these selections. Yeah, particularly in the ACC. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to a team on the other side of that bracket and talk about Furman. Cause I think a lot of people are going to talk about Furman as kind of a dark horse, uh, but I think it's well worth talking about them because their matchup, like this is a, a nightmare matchup for Virginia. Like Bob Ritchie's whole philosophy of if, if you can't shoot, I don't recruit like that's built for this game where they're Virginia dares you to shoot over them. And I think Furman can absolutely do it. They're willing. They're they're excellent shooting team. Um, 
they they're small, which okay, but Virginia isn't like some great rebounding team that's going to take advantage of that. I, I don't see that. Like the Virginia doesn't they don't offensive rebound at all, uh, which is ideal. Like I think it's an ideal matchup for Furman. And then looking at the 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 game that they would play against San Diego State or Charleston. Uh, and I don't trust either one of those teams particularly. I, I, there's a lot of people who seem to like Charleston. Uh, I'm not super sold on them. Uh, in San Diego State, I, I have a hard time backing Mountain West Conference teams who are going to have to go out east and play. Uh, so it feels like Furman, like I, it wouldn't shock me to see Furman playing on the second weekend uh, as a 13 seed. They would be one of the ones for me to look out for. I guess, do you have any... Um, initial thoughts on the eight, nine or seven, 10 games, like these kind of coin flip games. Is there one in particular that stands out? I was pretty surprised to see Utah state favored to Missouri. I got to say Utah state was a good uh, end to their season with two wins over Boise state that I thought was going to get Utah state in the tournament over Boise. Um, but seeing them as a, as a favorite to Missouri was a little bit surprising. Um, I, I don't necessarily know that I disagree with that. I think I was going to look to try to back Utah State, but I was expecting them to be an underdog. So it's certainly not as uh, priced the way I was expecting. Uh, and then the 8-9, I mean, West Virginia has been, I think, a, a huge, uh, been loved by the analyst community for a while. Uh, Maryland, a little bit confusing, but opened as a favorite to Indiana in the Big Ten tournament, closed an underdog. Um, I don't know exactly if they're just a home team only type of team. Uh, West Virginia, I mean, we're getting a lot of respect in the Big 12 tournament against KU, only a three-point underdog when that one closed. Um, didn't really get that. Bet Kansas in that one. West Virginia hung around for a long time. But um, I feel like those are going to be tough teams for the one and the two in the next round. But I feel like both of them um, kind of play in ways that I think Alabama can handle very well in the West Virginia or Maryland case. And then I think Arizona, as I said already, can kind of get through teams that want to outscore you. And, and I feel like that's one of the safer areas, and that's why you want to be a one or a two seed. Yeah, I tend to agree. I, it's funny that West Virginia and Maryland, two teams that are so reliant on home court, got matched up against each other. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty interesting. Um, all right, let's take a look at the Midwest. And again, we talked about Houston. There, Houston got a really great first round draw against Northern Kentucky, a zone team that can't rebound. Uh, Houston will have 1 million second chance points in this game. Uh, so I, I think Houston is really set up, you know, I mean, obviously a 16 seeds not going to cause a lot of problems, but they should dominate that game actually. Um, and then the Iowa Auburn game below them. I have no idea. Like, I, I mean, Iowa can score. Auburn can't. Uh, Auburn can defend. Iowa can't. I I really have no good feeling for this game. Uh, and then as far as the 7-10 game, I'm the same way. Texas A&M and Penn State, I, I really have no idea what I like in that matchup. So that one's interesting for me from those regards. As far as a team that I think could kind of make a run here I, I do think it's texas and i know you you are not a, a texas guy you are you, you don't you tend <laughs> not to weird. like this team it's really weird yeah i get it uh but i mean they they had to they had to impress you this weekend or like or this week in general like this was a big week for that program in general uh i i thought that they were incredible and in at every turn uh, and they're playing their best ball right now, and that's that's good news for this team. And I, I know they've got some injury questions with Timmy Allen. I don't think it matters in round one, um, 
and it might might not matter in round two. So I I think that they are they're pretty set up uh, at least to get to the second weekend. And the top of that draw was Xavier being the three seed. I I, I think they're very vulnerable. Iowa State I. I'm wrong on, it seems pretty much always, but I don't like them. I don't see how they're ever good, uh, yet they are. And then the other team that I like that seems kind of sneaky, although it was kind of a team that everybody was talking about, once they're in, they're going to be dangerous, is Drake. And Drake got, I think, a great matchup against Miami, who's hurt down low and really only plays four out. And it feels like this matchup sets up really well for Drake. And I think when you look down below them, Indiana is kind of in a vulnerable spot too against a Kent State team that defends really hard. Um, it feels like this region more than any is is just kind of wide open. Uh, I, I think there's maybe like I could make a good case for six or seven teams that it wouldn't shock me if they were if they were the team that came out of this region. Uh, and had you told me that a week ago, I would have said you're crazy. Whatever bracket Houston is in. I'm going to love them. And I just don't right now. And I, I think that like really Iowa or Auburn could give Houston some troubles uh, if, if they play and um, you know, going further down, like if you, if you think Drake can, can get past uh, Indiana, I, I think Drake is a, a team that could give Houston pro- like it, it's just not nearly as, uh, as solid of a case as I would have made a couple weeks ago for Houston. And I, I think if Houston played Texas right now, Texas is just, Texas is playing better. So yeah, I, 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 go ahead. No, I, I think that uh, despite your, uh, your hatred for your alma mater, <laughs> I think Texas is in, is in a good spot in this region. I mean, there's certainly a huge athleticism advantage between Texas and Colgate. So that that's nice. Second round would be a little bit weird if it's AM for rivalry reasons, though. It seems like we only play each other in the NCAA tournament. So um, I think to your point on Indiana and Kent, Kent State's one of the best 13 seeds I think I've ever seen. Um, 28 and six. And I mean, from a really good Mac conference that I feel like if there was any sort of way to get two Mac conference teams in here, I feel like that would, they wouldn't get embarrassed, but unfortunately in, in this year of our Lord, 2023, you can't really do that. But, um, I'm definitely worried about Norchad O'Meara, uh, for Miami. Cause they were a team that I was kind of tipping as, as one that I wanted to look, try to go a, a decent kind of way in this tournament. Uh, I really love their backcourt, but uh, a one man center uh, interior position. If they don't have that at all, then that's a big and problem. really with no depth either. Yeah. And, and they, they basically survived without it. I think because their guards were so good, but if you have a huge hole in that team, it's really hard to win games against good teams that make this tournament. Um, Drake's certainly a good one smashed a, a pretty good Bradley team. I thought in, in the uh, Missouri Valley conference final, um, I think Iowa Harbor is really hard to predict. Um, good luck. You know, if you got a, an opinion on that one, please hit me on Twitter. I'd love to get some sort of I, insight. I um, think you're going to get about 50, 50 on those. Like maybe, maybe like, I, I mean, I, the thing is with all these teams, there's so, so many are so good at home, but then on the road are, are just complete horror shows. Um, I think Houston with today and Marcus Sasser, I mean, it looked like they kind of played the okie doke on us a little bit. He was warming up, pictured all that sort of stuff was in uniform, but then sat there the whole time. ESPN cameras kept going on him. I played Memphis. I was a little worried that he was going to show up and then all of a sudden they're going to go on a big run, maybe not start the game. But once I saw he wasn't starting, I felt like, well, do they really want to risk him? They're probably one seed, even if they lose this one. Uh, I didn't expect it to go as as poorly as it it did, but they did make make a pretty big comeback in the second half. I think 
Iowa State's really hard to figure out. Um, there's so many teams that are just really Jekyll and Hyde here, which makes me want to lean to favorites because I think I know a little bit more about what I'm going to get from them. Uh, but also, I feel like in NCAA tournaments, that those are, are, are bad calls. So I don't really know where this one's going to go. Uh, I think initially I really like Miami, but I'm worried about that injury. All right, let's go down to the south, or no, it's the west region, I apologize, uh, where Kansas, like I said, suddenly feels a little bit vulnerable, uh, although I could also see Kansas turning it on, and especially in a year where Bill Self's been in the hospital for the last week or whatever it is, like I, I could see this being one of those emotionally driven runs, and I could see McCullough showing up and being just fine, ready to go for the tournament. Uh, they may not, it, they've got, you know, obviously the, being the one seed, they don't even have to play him in the first round and they'll smash Howard. So uh, they have that advantage as well. So I, I can see a path for them. I I know that UConn is an absolute darling. Everyone loves UConn and I like UConn. I don't like, I hear people saying, oh, UConn can be a top five team in the country. I don't get where that sentiment comes from. <laughs> like they just haven't they haven't been consistent. Like when they shoot 55% from three, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. They like, oh, but guess what? Almost every team that shoots 55% from three can play like a top five team in the country. That, that makes it really easy. Uh so I don't know how to trust them. UCLA is dealing with injuries. I'll be honest, Gonzaga, who was kind of pissed on and thrown to the side of the road, uh, you know, a month ago. I, I feel like Gonzaga may be the playing the best ball, certainly, of anyone in this region. I don't disagree. I think they're going to be a very popular pick, uh, especially in Vegas, where they just played, uh, I think, probably in the same arena as will no, be. No, no, no. No, they they played in the Orleans uh, for the uh, the conference tournament. They'll be at T-Mobile for this. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, T-Mobile, awesome, awesome spot. Enjoyed that. I went for uh, a couple games there and and really liked it. But um, the, Gonzaga has been awesome. I do feel like a blowout win of St. Mary's um, best they can do, of course, with their schedule. But is that something that we can all jump off on and, and put Gonzaga in our final four because of it? Um, when I think most people thought we were a little bit down on, on Gonzaga this year, but I know you've, you've backed them quite a bit this year and I think have done pretty well in it. Um, I think, I mean, this, this region is, is you knocked it on the head. I think with, with UConn, um, that they're good is, is so much better than everybody else, but, um, how often and, and how likely is their good performances to come out in this tournament? Cause they are so reliant on three point shots. Adama Sonogo is like a, a great interior presence, but to me, he's kind of like a background figure with this team when they want to play and run up the court as quickly as possible, shoot threes in transition. And if that's not a game script that's going well for them, that can get ugly pretty fast. And I don't think they have a way to really kind of change that around lacking a point guard. Um, I don't, I mean, I really liked UCLA, but I'm a little worried about, it seems like so many injuries just popped up right before the tournament, but um, losing, I think Clark to an Achilles rupture. I mean, that's, awful news and, and really yeah. here um, and seemed to be like he was a pretty big player in their run last year that I thought could have gotten them even in the NCAA title game. If they just were able to defend Caleb love a little bit towards the end of the game, when drool was coming out of his mouth, I, I just like, there's a lot of, a lot of questions I have. Kansas won the national championship last year with, I feel like the 15th best team. Um, it's hard not to trust in them though. It's nice that they're not in Kansas city. I, I think that's a huge, huge win for anyone else in this tournament, not having to play KU there. Um, there's a lot of flawed teams in this tournament. I got to say, I feel like Gonzaga seems to be the the easiest to trust at this point, And the road doesn't seem so bad. Um, I just, I wonder like, cause unfortunately UCLA is a two seed. Um, 
they're undermanned now. They're not really the two seed that they were before the injury. Yeah, which is funny when, because especially considering they were like right there on that line to be a one seed. And mm-hmm. had they beat Arizona, even banged up, they would have been a one seed, in my opinion. So just a, it is kind of a funny team to look at. Uh, all right, let's take a look. Oh, do you have any thoughts on the uh, Arkansas, Illinois, or Northwestern Boise? Yeah, um, Arkansas, Illinois is very interesting to me because Arkansas had a pretty good SEC tournament until they ran as AM, who basically plays the same way they do. Um, the collapse against Auburn was also uh, mind numbing at, at points. Um, I feel like Illinois, like, how can you trust them though? Um, they went from hating each other, it seemed like midseason um underwood changing their defensive philosophy was switching one through five completely because when they played penn state and got blown out um but then i feel like that things were going well and they kind of peaked in early march or late february and it hasn't really gone great since then getting swept three losses to penn state including in chicago where they should have had a huge crowd advantage is not a good sign but seeing arkansas now up to a three-point favorite that was surprising to me um, I think on the other side with Northwestern and Boise, I was thinking Boise is going to get left out of this tournament, even though I think they're one of the best teams in there. I am not a Northwestern believer. Um, uh, so I'm very interested in Boise. I feel like that's a really good shot for them to get through that first round. And, and who knows, they could, they could give UCLA some problems, uh, especially if UCLA is going to kind of limp through a little bit, trying to figure out how to play with uh, a different lineup. Do you have any thoughts on TCU who much like UConn people seem to think at their best is an elite level program or elite level team this year i mean i have watched them teach me a few lessons this year um still with incredibly poor three-point shooting uh for a season but then against k-state they shot 44 percent and kind of mopped the floor with k-state in kansas city with a pretty big crowd i think that was cheering for uh their shade of purple not the tcu kind um it's going to be a little weird the first four magic seems to always get through a team gets a, a win under their belt gets very uh very excited and confident from it and goes on a run i do feel like both arizona oh, if arizona state gets through they're going to want to play the up and down game that tcu would love and i feel like that's not yeah. a matchup um nevada i'm a little bit uh unfortunately i wasn't expecting them to be in this tournament so i haven't really been paying attention to them for a while um, it's amazing how they limped in and still got a bid similar to what feels like some of the other teams in this tournament as well. But um, I think TCU, I mean, what, what do you mean limped in? They just lost to Wyoming, UNLV and San Jose State to finish the season. Like those are all totally fine. Nothing's wrong here type situations. I, I just like I wonder like what like I know there's a lot of dilemmas in soccer with FIFA officials like awarding World Cups to oil rich countries. I, I what's the explanation here? Because it doesn't make sense. If they had like some fantastic non-conference win that really jumped off the page, I could get there. I I can't. I I don't get it. I get. I guess the argument is they split with all the other, like the Utah State with boys or with Boise and with San Diego State. So if you're gonna have a fourth Mountain West team, and the Mountain West seems like a conference that it's not crazy to have four teams from, but. I mean, they were clearly next in line. It's just, woof. I, 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 it's hard for me to want to back them right now. Uh, all right, let's head over to our final region, and this is Purdue's house. And I don't know that it will be for long, but we'll. I guess we'll find out. Purdue, number one seed in the East. I tweeted during the Purdue game that. If they run into Memphis in round two, they're dead. And then that's how the draw came out. Uh, There's going to be a lot of people, I think, picking Duke to come out of this region. I heard Jay Billis, shockingly, say, 
Duke plays more like a three seed than a five seed. This isn't a this should this is a really underseeded team here. And I'm like, well, maybe you forgot that Duke played like the first half of their season, and they were pretty bad for a good stretch. Uh, they get, of course, the nightmare matchup with Oral Roberts, and it's going to be interesting to see how that ball screen works against Oral Roberts, who can shoot. Uh, I'm interested in Oral Roberts there. This region also has a weak four seed in Tennessee. Uh, not, I, I think, you know, I generally like uh, Tennessee, but obviously without Ziegler, they're a different team. Um, I could see Louisiana winning that game outright. I was surprised, surprised to get double digits in that game. Um, Kentucky in the same region. So Duke and Kentucky, who a month ago, like maybe they were making the tournament, maybe they weren't. Now they're both, you know, six and a, a five seed. Uh, Marquette is a two seed. I love Marquette. I feels like the rest of the world doesn't. Um, so I don't know. This is a, this is a tough one as well. I'm looking for anybody not named Purdue uh, when I'm trying to put this together, but there's a lot of teams that I also don't like advancing in my bracket. So I'm having a hard time really, really getting anything uh, lined up here. What are you seeing? I mean, I really like Oral Roberts as well. I feel like they are um, certainly if things go poorly for them, um, they can look really bad because they're just a kind of a three point shot only type of team, but they had good success in the tournament a couple of seasons ago. Um, I don't think they've lost since December or something like that. And I mean, the summit is not uh, the the Rolls Royce of conferences, but let's not pretend the ACC is either. Uh, Duke, I will say, though, has been playing a lot better towards the end of the season and I think are on an uptick. I still have big questions about their three point shooting, though, and I feel like that does limit how far you can go in any sort of tournament. Um, in terms of, I mean, Purdue, I think we'll have a lot of trouble with either Memphis or Florida Atlantic. So I feel like they're a team I'm not looking to put going too far, though Zach Eady is one of the hardest persons or people to defend in the world. Um, I think Tennessee is strong enough defensively to make it not matter as much missing Ziegler against Louisiana, but Lafayette, Louisiana Lafayette has been playing great down the stretch. Um, so I can't argue with, with taking double digits there. Uh, Providence, Kentucky is going to be wild, especially with Providence's like best player being a Kentucky transfer. Um, K-State being a three seed, they haven't played like that in a long, long time, unfortunately. No. So I feel like this opens up pretty well for Marquette. Um, just because there's kind of a lack of another um, opponent that seems like good enough to really challenge them. Cause Michigan state's pretty flawed USC. I was thinking might not even get in this tournament. They've been really struggling, especially with injuries down the stretch. Um, there's not a lot of good teams in this bracket. I got to say. So if you like one, you probably feel good enough, whether it's a one, two, three, four, five seed, whatever that number is, I, I wouldn't be too afraid of, of putting your neck out there and doing something like that. Well, you know I like one of them, so that's it's probably a safe bet that I'll have Marquette uh, in the Final Four and probably a safe bet that by week two I'll look dumb. <laughs> so uh, that's typically the way it works. you have any thoughts on Memphis FAU, Michigan State, USC? I feel like this is a good draw for USC, um, but do you, you have any thoughts one way or the other? I'm very worried about USC, I got to say. As a team that I've kind of backed pretty uh, frequently for a couple seasons their their performance against arizona certainly a really good team but at home when they were like trying to lock up a bid uh left a lot to be desired to me i feel like uh peterson's back is a big problem and without him i really wonder what's going on um and i think he's i mean he's trying to play through it and all that sort of stuff but they have not looked at the same team at a pretty bad loss to arizona state in the pac-12 tournament where they had already beaten twice in the in the season home and away um, Michigan State, on the other hand, is really not someone I, I love to trust, um, but they 
Um, they do shoot the three really well. And I feel like USC really wants to force people inside to try to shoot over their tall trees. And I don't think Michigan state's going to want to do that. So if Michigan state shoots well, I think they probably get through that game Um, on the other Memphis Florida Atlantic. I think I'm just more excited to watch it. I think that's going to be a great matchup. And part of me almost like I loved Memphis today. Um, They've had a really good success rate against Houston though. So I don't know how much to take away from that, especially without Sasser, but uh, FAU have been, has been awesome. And I don't think a lot of people know about them. They got a team that a lot of people saw today since it was one of two games on winning a, a conference tournament, beating a one seed handily. Uh, I think there might be some value in FAU getting two and a half right now. All right. Well, with that, let's uh, let's get to a promo code and then we'll give a best bet for the opening round here. So uh, what do you what do you have to save the people some money? I do use the promo code seed 20, get 20 percent off for all listeners. This college basketball podcast good for seven days in the podcast release. But you want to get in on it now. Um, get some of my stuff, AJ stuff. We got March Madness through the final four, uh, all up on the pregame.com website. Of course, you can get other people as well, but why would you want to do that? You're listening to us. Uh, and for, I guess, AJ, if you want to lead off best bets, uh, I think that'd be the best way to do it. All right. Uh, I will go, I've, I've looked, I've, I've already placed a few bets. The line has moved on some of these. So I'm going to try to give one where a, a line is still, uh, solid and current, so I'm gonna go. You know, I'll go with VCU plus three and a half. Uh, that is available out there at several books. Actually, Circa actually opened this at three, and then everywhere else opened at three and a half, and Circa budged, uh, which was kind of pleasant. But this is a team that, like, obviously nobody wants to let St. Mary's get their offense involved, and if you make them take ten seconds before they get their offense started up, you've already won half the battle. And honestly, I just sat there and watched Gonzaga do this to St. Mary's. They they gave Gonzaga a little bit of pressure, uh, bringing the ball up, and St. Mary's offense never got going. Um, VCU is a team that I'm I'm falling in love with as the season goes on. They're defensive and they're they're as intense defensively as anyone. They are up and down offensively, uh, but the, with Ace Baldwin, they've got a guy who can always come out and and make it make a show. Uh, I think that he is going to be a, a problem for defensively for the St. Mary's guards. So I, I think that I think the Rams are a good look here, uh, especially catching over a possession against St. Mary's. They're playing really good ball right now. And I just saw a team, you know, give St. Mary's some real problems using a defense that I think VCU can can honestly do an even better job of of implementing. Yeah, I mean, watching the Dayton VCU game pretty closely today as I took Dayton first half. Uh, very, oh, well played. I took yeah. uh, VCU full game, so we winner. Very good for the pod. Uh, Dayton just fell off a cliff, and I think VCU responded really well. I think that puts them in a good position if things don't go great at the beginning to then still play really well. For my best bet, I'm going to go with uh, Boise State, a pick them right now to Northwestern. I just am not a believer in Northwestern's really good defense getting them into this tournament. I, I think that they're going out uh, right away. I think Boise is a little bit fortunate. I didn't think they were going to necessarily get in based on what kind of happened towards the end. Uh, but I think Boise is a really good team. They've got a good coach. they got a lot of kind of veteran players on a team that I think is is under the radar, and I feel like they should be a favorite to Northwestern. So I'll give you Boise State pick them right now to Northwestern on Thursday. Okay, we got to figure out what our schedule will be for this pod uh, going forward. I know the RJ Bell's Dream Preview, the big pod, will be on Monday night and Tuesday night for Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning release. That'll be Monday will be the Thursday games. Uh, Tuesday will be the Friday games. And Griffin will give some input into those. 
Um, and then I think maybe the move will be for us to maybe record a pod either Sunday night or uh, or Monday, uh, kind of just previewing what we see in the Sweet 16 games. And, uh, you know, there won't be a, won't be a midweek pod. We'll be busy during midweek oh, of yeah. this coming week. So we won't have time to podcast for you guys. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's probably the best move. So uh, tune in. This, this feed that you're listening on now will have R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Uh, on Monday and two, well, Tuesday and Wednesday, more like it, uh, for the for breakdowns of all the games, and then again, this pod will do one either Sunday night or Monday, depending on uh, how things shake out with our schedules. So uh, expect that, Griffin. As always, it's been fun. Uh, it's been a fun day. Looking forward to the next several days as there's going to be lots of insanity happening here. You know, I didn't even ask you. Is there like uh, is it one of these? These playing games catching your eye. I got a long way to go, AJ. No sleep till uh, till Tuesday. <laughs> do, are, do you have any interest in any of these uh, these these Dayton games? I mean, I'm interested in Pitt, but we'll see. I don't know. I, I got a long way to go. All right, so that does it for another episode, Griffin. Thank you as always. Great insight, great information, and uh, obviously you can find Griffin's stuff and my stuff at pregame.com. Uh, so Griffin with that, enjoy this week of hoops. I know I will enjoy it and, uh, I will talk to you early next week and we'll do one more pod before we, uh, we wrap this thing up for the season. Sounds great. All right, man. Take care.